At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. And then he's like crying next to Gus and Gus is like, why don't you open up? And he's just like, it's just, I know that the emperor got those diamonds from my chest <laughs> and he wanted me to be excited for him, but they were right out of my chest. <laughs> that was the turning point. Gus is like, join my Minecraft server. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I love the Hexide <laughs> Minecraft server. I think the curse is broken. What curse? The curse of Hexide. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The curse of Hexide. Yeah, this episode was unreasonably good. Like, imp impossibly good. I, I don't know why... Is that my favourite episode of the series? Does that beat, like, episode 19 as my favourite? Jeez. Wait, is this episode 19 again? Which one is it? Episode 17 or 18? Eight, 18. 18. It's episode 18. Okay, well, it it might be episode 19 of season 1 is my favourite episode of the show. Which one was that? Agony one of a Witch. Eater and Lilith fought. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we should explain... For a second? No, we're giving it ratings already. And <laughs> no, no, my take of it are... Or Hexide Curse. The problem has been that anytime an episode has revolved around Hexide, it has been pretty bland and tropey and stuff like it. I know we're at a point in the show where everything's going to be lore now, but any previous Hexide episode was really, really like straightforward, like Hogwarts, like school drama type of thing that, you know, got interesting. Sometimes there's always interesting designs, but the plots were always just like not what we want from this show because the show has delivered so many more interesting things when they're allowed to go somewhere other than the school but this episode finally you know hit a right note on the plot and the pacing and everything and it felt like uh, very exciting i thought they were doing it again when gus was like flashbacking and the guy was like all i had to do was trick that new fucking nerd kid and he's like sitting right there and he starts crying and i'm like oh god <laughs> yeah, like, yeah okay. one, of, one of these plots again yeah i see what, i can see what you mean and there is a tiny bit of that identity in the whole school thing but like the episode was so good <laughs> it doesn't matter um i God, think like what? for me like it was really really fun to see just i don't know it's like oh all of these characters that had like not much purpose suddenly have so much purpose and identity in this in this one it's really nice yeah this episode utilized even in like a small way like every hex side character that had been established yeah. previously even the dog yeah Red 13, as I call him. I was expecting... Oh, yeah, Red 13. <laughs> um, I'm expecting the show to have a finale where it's like everybody comes together, but um, I didn't really anticipate there being an episode to dedicate to having the side characters be heroes like this, but it was very good. Yeah, it felt very, like, finale-esque to me. Like, obviously, if this was the finale, I'd be disappointed in the okay. grand scheme <laughs> of things, but... It's on the worst cliffhanger ever. <laughs> but, like... No, this is... <laughs> it was a very, like... It was a very creative premise, too, like, this idea yeah. of this, like, illusion, like, 
twisted school and just like they're like okay we have to get to the healing homeroom just like everybody meeting up there for safety but like they're also yeah. in this like weird mind maze very cool yeah i like how principal bump was cool it's like that's it's it's kind of you know was already established that that he's like he just really loves teaching and he loves his students have we ever seen his palisman like do that We've seen his long hair before, definitely. Yeah. I know that, but... But I don't remember where. Oh, yeah, that's what it probably was. When they got... The, that episode where they all got Palisman, I I think... Like, in the season two one, where Hunter got his and stuff, I, yeah. I think he took it off in that. Or maybe even season one one. Uh, also, Gus's voice actor did a great job in a lot of the scenes. Specifically mm-hmm. when he was talking to Hunter, trying to get him to, uh, to open up to him. I liked that whole scene. Like, it was yeah. just, like, he, the amount of pushing he did to talk to Hunter was, like, he, he knew exactly when to stop. He was just like, all right, tough guy, let's keep going. I'm like, oh, he, is, he knows about boundaries. He's a good dude. <laughs> all the voice acting's always been good, though. I've never had a complaint with voice acting. There are just, like, moments like this, yeah, where it's, like, very, very good. The illusion coven head. I mean, it's always... It's it's really I, I love all of the coven heads. They're just I don't know. They're such characters. Yeah. Each one of it's them. It's just such it's such a fun dynamic. This like monster of the week thing they've done with ha- having like one be a villain for an episode and then like you know dying or being slightly yeah. or whatever they want to do with them. It's also like what kind of like psychopath can we make in this like really extreme form of this school? Like what would the illusion coven head act like? And they're like, how about this like freak director like this guy who's really into mm-hmm. art and performance and all that i'm like i mean that makes sense that's really cool yeah. as a concept not to constantly bring in other shows but i'm gonna keep doing that anyway but the the illusion head coven master reminded me of double trouble from shira makes sense yeah i mean they even have a tail i was so... gonna say they do both have tails <laughs> <laughs> that tail's an illusion they just are a furry Oh. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably true. And then one day, they're just Gus is just going to rip off the uh, medallion, and the tail is going to disappear. He's going to be like, "No, my tail! <laughs> How am I going to yeah, do oh, yeah, Gus for some loot. now?" He, did. he he like picked it up off the floor. He got he got the oh. amp, magic oh, amplifying shit. loot. <laughs> now Gus has a tail. I will say, like, I feel like maybe this has been the case for a while, but, like, I've really liked Gus and Willow a lot this, like, most of the season, honestly. So I'm happy about that, because I remember being, like, frustrated about how useless they were. I don't know if that's too harsh of a word, but I don't know. Willow is still, like, one of the characters that I point to when I say useless friend character, but at the same time, I do like... Um, what they do with her when she is on screen, and I, I, I'm actually that's what I really think of her too. Oh my god, you're just like (laughs) (laughs) no, no, you know what I mean. Well, no, you don't. But anyway, yeah, I do think they've definitely improved on Gus and Willow this season. Gus in particular, I think, has like a bit more of a complexity to him than he had. Well, he has significantly more complexity to him than he did last season because he had nothing to him last season. And now he's the most powerful character? What? <laughs> uh, since when was Gus the Avatar? Like, how long has he been this strong? And why is he not, like, wrecked shit before? And is he going to now wreck shit in the future, especially with the little power amplifier? Because I can just imagine, like... You wouldn't need anyone else to fight off the Emperor's Coven. You just need Gus and his illusions. Well, he hasn't uh, done unless this. Unless they can break the illusions. 
Yeah, he hasn't done this specific thing before because it's like a trauma response and he doesn't like it, I guess. Yeah, okay, okay that's fair enough. You're off the hook this time, Gus. <laughs> they also finally got Hunter to officially, like, commit to the I'm a good guy role at the end of this, hmm. which is mm -hmm. rad. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Dude, Hunter was like, I have nowhere to go, so I'm going to crash at the one place I feel safe, which is Hexide. Wait, did he? Wait, I might be confused. He did go to Hexide for a little bit in he, he the did, episode, he did, didn't he? He went there once, yeah. That's when he met Gus and Willow. Yeah, so he, he, he goes to the only place where he feels remotely safe, which is the Hexide school. Because he can't yet go to... Well, obviously he can't go to Eda's house with the Owl House guards there. And wait, talking of that, you know that cliffhanger we had last episode? Yeah, can you remind me, where did, did Luce disappear or was it implied she did? I think it's implied that this takes place during the, um, during the oh, King the, episode. During the King episode, that makes oh, sense. okay. Yeah, so Luz is gone, like she's off with King and Ida is in the Owl House and Widow says that, no, they, they say that they've been seeing scouts. Yeah, and they, they say that they've been seeing scouts around the Owl House and they don't want to draw any more attention to either. So it's like, it's not so much... It's hard to say if it was a sudden thing that the scouts went around the Owl House or if it's something that was like increasing over time and then they did their big attack at the end of the previous episode. But I can't believe they've left us on that cliffhanger and I'm wondering if they're going to leave the next episode on the cliffhanger as well. I mean, hopefully not. It's 19, right? I feel like 19, 20 are going to be like... Do you think the Day of Unity is going to be the Season 3 plot, or it's going to be resolved in Season 2, and then... I well, I, like think it's be... gonna, I think it's going to happen and be the cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Day of Unity, like... And then introducing a new problem after that is a good idea with the time they have left. Like, I think it's a good, like, final issue to deal with. I agree that that's definitely how it's going to happen. It's hard to say because did they know like what their season three structure was going to look like when they had it first renewed? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. I think I my guess would be that they only got the news about the season three renewal being shorter after season two was completely finished because I know it takes just yeah. a really long time to make cartoons. I don't know. <sighs> That's a shame. So it's possible that season three is impacted by this decision. It'd be interesting to see how how well they adjust season three as a result. Because if you think of season two as a whole, yeah, there's a lot of padding, there's a lot of episodes that are less good, but every single episode has had some kind of purpose. Mm -hmm. Was this the first episode that Luce wasn't in at all? I was going to bring yeah. that up, yes. I Whoa. think so. I was like, wow, it's my favourite episode, and Luz oh, no. is not in it. <laughs> what does this mean? She was but my favourite character. It also doesn't one. have, like, Ida in there. Like, well, I guess any of the main characters, right? 
But like, I feel no. like we we're also talking recently about how Ida has been not in certain episodes. It's it's refreshing to get Amity like separated from Luz for a little bit as well, as well as you know. Yeah, I like Scott. I like seeing them actually address like the awkwardness between her and Willow. I mean, it was a little quick where it's just like, I'm I don't believe in you. Okay, now I do. Yeah, that was the subplot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we thought we were getting nothing of that. Like we'd already seen them make friends and forgive each other, forgive each other, all that crap, and then we got like this nice surprise of Amity and Rido have some relationship tension and have to work that out, and 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 we got really wholesome Gus and Hunter across the entire episode. So there was wholesome friendships between Hunter and all of the Hexside people, and even like. Like Blum, but he we saw how terrified he was when they suggested giving him up to the Emperor. Like, give this kid a break. I know he's so easy to bully, but come on now. You don't have to terrorize him like that. Uh, you're talking about Hunter, right? Hunter never explained himself, though. Like, they don't... They they have the right to not really trust him at all until the end. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. Did, who, who was it here that, like, didn't like Hunter? Was that Me? you? Do you like him now? Do you enjoy his character? Or how do you feel? I, now that we're, like, at the other end of it, he's passed the whole, um, oh, Emperor, look, I got you a, uh, I got you a muffin. It, it, I, I know you lost my right arm to get it, and I know it's only, like, half a muffin, and it's blueberry, and you don't like blueberry, but please, Emperor, I worked so hard. And he's like, had to get out of my, <laughs> of my sanctum. <laughs> I'm playing Minecraft Hunter, leave. <laughs> was he ever mean to Hunter? I feel like he coddled and be like, that's nice, give me my blueberry muffin, you're a good lad. <laughs> I just got a diamond pickaxe. He was horrible to him when Hunter showed up with the broken key. Yeah. Like, and, then he's, um, and then he's like crying next to Gus, and Gus is like, why don't you open up? And he's just like, it's just... I know that the Emperor got those diamonds from my chest. And he wanted me to be excited for him, but they were right out of my chest. <laughs> that was the turning point. Guess it's like, join my Minecraft server. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I love the Hexide <laughs> Minecraft server. Now that Hunter's, like, trying to realize himself, I can enjoy him a lot more because he's a lot less, uh pitiable i would say oh that's painful to watch it's so, like weird because i had complaints about his character too about like how like how on the nose it was but i still enjoyed it like watching all like i'm just like oh i know what they're doing with this guy but i still like watching it so uh, that was my opinion on him yeah. and now i like it i more. mean for me i like i i don't really know what else i've really watched that's had you know i know this kind of redemption arc thing is a very very frequent thing but I don't know, like, She-Ra kind of might be the only, like, Steven, I guess, but Steven does it within, like, a single episode, usually. But, well, like, if... th th those are kind of my only comparisons, so I really enjoyed Hunter. Um, you know, I can agree that it, it was clear where his plot was going to go, but I think his plot is very interesting, being the, you know, being the direct servant of the Emperor and being this, you know, clone who's been murdered, and, and just his, you know, performance and his, the, the jokes he can deliver and stuff. I Do him. I dare compare him to Zuko as another example of someone who is he's, like the right hand man of like the Emperor and then changed? He he's a lot like Zuko, but if we compare him to like those other characters, like compare him to Katra, for example, and Katra does get abused a lot in Shira, but she always like 
has some fight in her. And if you look at Zuko, he, he gets he receives some horrible shit from his dad, but he's away from his dad for most of the show. And he has his uncle there to look out for him. With Hunter, it's really sad watching him because he has nothing. Like he has nothing except his own like self doubt. And with like him. even even <laughs> the other coven heads who are like secretly good guys plotting against the Emperor, they they like bully Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then they're like, one time. Anyway. and then they're like he's a bad but sad boy and I'm like okay I can't fucking watch this <laughs> it's too much have you ever hated a character because because you feel too bad for them because that's a good way of describing my relationship to Hunter. Do you mean like it's like, painful I just can't to watch? watch like it's like uncomfortable? Yeah, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable and painful to watch. And I'm just like waiting for some sort of catharsis. Like I said, in Chiba, Catra beats the ever-loving fuck out of Hordak and Shadow Weaver at certain points. And you're like, yes! Go Catra! And then she also does terrible stuff. But point aside, there's a catharsis. With Hunter, I was like, there is no catharsis. Not until two episodes ago and now we have this one and he's finally like you know he's finally catching the break he's finally making friends and figuring out who he is and taking that path that we knew he was going to take the entire time so we're no longer waiting for that to happen and we can get to know the new hunter i'm not interested in whether he's redeemed himself he doesn't need a fucking redemption arc look at him He's just he's just a boy who was made to be killed. He's just a he sad boy. He <laughs> yeah, he's just a sad boy. He doesn't need a redemption arc. And if anyone says he does, I'm, I'm going to laugh at them. But even though he thought he killed someone in the first episode of the season. But, you know, point yeah. aside. Um, well, I but love, now I think I, love, I can like him now. I love my sad boy characters. But also, I just think it's, it's a matter of, like, you know, they <clears> did what they did with him. But it's like, yeah, you know, there could have been more originality to it if they, like, made him stay evil for longer or yeah. made, him, made him nicer quicker or something like that just so that we wouldn't have to follow, like, you know, such as this long arc that we've been following that we, you know, know where it's going to go. But, um, you know, but still, why did you all say, um, when I said that was original? You... <laughs> I've only watched two cartoons. I'm sorry. I, do, I, don't well, want him, I don't want him to be evil longer. I, no, no I, it's like it's too long. No, it's like neither of those things make it more or less original. Because if he was redeemed earlier, people have done that before. If he was redeemed later, people have done that before. It's not about the originality of it necessarily. It's more about like how it feels to watch it. And 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 this episode felt really, really good to watch. And that's how I judge Our House most of the time. How do I feel watching this? Do I want to watch any more? Or do you want to not watch it, like that one episode that you didn't watch? Yeah, do I want to not watch it? And I, 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 I didn't want to watch Hunter getting tortured anymore. All I wanted to watch was Hunter being happy, and that's what I got, so, you know. Can I say my one complaint, which is like a very redundant complaint? And I don't know if I'm overdoing it, but I'm going to say it. Uh, oh. <laughs> when he entered Gus's mind bubble at the end, just another one of those, like, I, like him him just talking out loud, like, I'm, whatever he was saying, it's just like, I'm just like, 
always doing this, always doing that. Oh, this is always happening. And I'm like, why are they so on the nose all the time with this stuff? Yeah, like... Oh, I thought it was okay that? here. I don't, I don't know how realistic or unrealistic it is or whatever like that, but I just think, like, you know, this was an episode about kind of anxiety and stuff, and I feel like talking it out like that, you know, in terms of a cartoon show for kids, like, is a very... No, I get it. I for sure get that. it. Especially, like, when you consider, like, this is... I'm pretty sure the person who was talking was, like, a projection of his, like, self-doubt or whatever. Like, I don't think the first three Gus's that Hunter saw in his bubble were even Gus. That was just, like, flashbacks yeah. of him saying that. So it makes 100% sense that they would say that out loud, but I'm just like, dang, still I'm like... <laughs> eh. it's it's a me problem like it's really it's not like that bad or anything and it's definitely no like subtext. not the worst yeah i just i don't know like we already established all that stuff and i think the shots were strong enough that we could tell like that's what he was thinking but just the fact they had to say it out loud i'm like eh. but like you said like i'm more we're talk, talking about a disney channel show well, yeah I, there's I, no there's there's no subtext in the owl house like Almost none whatsoever. I have trouble, like, being like, oh, it's a Disney Channel show, so it doesn't have to have complexity. But, like, you know, like, it, it also, you know, there's a lot of kids watching, I'm sure, and I'm sure they want they want to help them uh, figure out what's going on. It's not, like, just for, just for chance, but I don't know. What do you guys feel just like when, when, a, when, like, a, a show that's, like, I guess target audience, question mark, is, like, younger folks, like, does stuff like that? Do you think it's, like, oh, it's it's a kid's show, so they should be able to do this? Or do you think that they should go all out and just write how they want to write? And if the kids get it, great. And if they don't, oh, well. I think it depends on the context. Like, you know, like I was trying to say, this episode is, like trying to be about bullying and like anxiety and like stuff like that and i feel like when you're trying to do a plot that's very directly about like a real trouble that a kid could probably relate to it makes a lot of sense to have this kind of direct dialogue approach yeah whereas you know if we're doing an episode about like you know a breakup or something like then they could do a little more subtexty type stuff you know like like adventure time sort of does with that stuff yeah this is like if dana like woke up one day and she was like i'm gonna make a show and show just chan that's it I'd be like, hey, Dana, that one episode, like, I don't think it needed the subtext, but it's not for just Chan, so I think it's totally fine, it's just a me problem. Um, but no, it, that, I think that's a it? very good assessment from the pair of you, like, um, because this episode is specifically about dealing with anxiety, which I think it, that did very well. I loved how the breathing yeah, that was cute. came back in that was cute. Three, <laughs> three times in the episode. That was brilliant, and you, have, you, you see Willow teaching Gus, and then Gus teaches... Hunter and Hunter does it with Gus at the end. It's beautiful. Really good. In that sense, this is very much a... We are spelling out the important part for the kids. And then everything else is just as it is. Have fun with it. Mm -hmm. But but the, the, the thing that we're doing to help with the anxiety for the kids in, in the kids' language is spelled out very clearly so that anyone can understand it. That, that is a very valid analysis of that, I think. I like how when Hunter tried to do the breathing thing, he was whistling. He was wheezing. <laughs> was like, I, don't, that, I know it might be nothing, but also made me think, like, maybe his bird palisman is rubbing off on him a little bit there. That's cute. Oh my god, he can only whistle now. He's forgotten how to breathe. Oh yeah, was the, impl was the implication at the beginning... I can't remember where they saw the bird. Was it in the lunchroom? Or where did they first see it? Probably because it was it would it would have been bringing him. Food yeah, I was saying, is he like is this bird stealing food for him? That's cute. Hex mix. 
They're so smart. Yeah. They're so funny. <laughs> I can't believe like some illusion no, some illusionist coven head showed up at the school and Principal Blum was like, Yeah, that's uh fucking put illusions on all of the kids. And oh I know, right? That would go No, he, he thought that would go well. <laughs> Principal Bump is like totally dedicated to being anti Emperor at this point. He's he's literally like Fuck it. Yeah, like Hexine is like it's so uh, like a solo nation. Like they're just like anything that happens outside is not my problem. This like, is... like, like, yeah. How about we? How about we trade Hunter to the Emperor to get Gus back? Like, just one school against an Emperor. It's like Harry Potter, but less, you know, less fucking Harry Potter. But um, yeah, the whole school as a nation thing. I do like that direction. I like that we've doubled down on Principal Bump being a good guy now because mm -hmm. last season we were kind of like, he was a bit of an oppressive teacher as well. If you remember when he was like repeatedly threatening to kick out Luz, <laughs> but also also giving her a lot of chances as well. It's like he was yo-yoing everywhere in the Hexide episodes last season, but now they've doubled down on him being a good guy and I can like him now. And, um, the revolution of the school. Like, like, he was so open about it. He was like, yeah, yeah, fuck the Emperor's Coven. We're gonna... <laughs> we're not even gonna wait for us to have, like, a massive U-turn for the Emperor's Coven. We're doing it anyway, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Do you think, uh, the end of the episode when that one Emperor guard quit was, like, just a one-off funny joke, or they were trying to say that the, the guards are even... Getting, I don't know. Uh, exhausted. I feel like... I feel like that character specifically, like, did they want that to be something that the fans think is really funny so that they can bring her back the next episode and be like, oh, it's her, oh my god, no way, she's like a character now. That, that, <laughs> it, I, I think it was just a joke, but I could see it being that sort of way, too. Yeah. Was that Dana voicing them? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Oh, may, maybe? I don't know. I don't really know her voice. I know her voice from that one video she made, and also from the, uh... Weed my stall, weed person. Yeah, yeah. So oh, this has been such an unstructured. This is probably been the most <laughs> unstructured review we've ever done. I, I liked when the the D. Bradley Baker voice guard used the ab abomination robot, and then Amity was like, "God damn, my parents did this to me." Yeah. <laughs> you saw like Ed Edric and the sister. You saw them like on the floor in the background. Also, they put the illusions back on themselves. What what um thing did Edric join? Because he was in the two illusion schools. No, no, was, he was in the two schools. It was something yellow. I don't know. I don't remember what. Oh, all that's the potions did. track. Oh yeah, potions of course. Track. Oh yeah, because yeah, he was oh in fuck, potions. because he did potions with either the other episode, and now he's joined oh, the yeah, potions yeah. track. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cute. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad we spotted that. I liked when uh when that guard said take care of him. It was like okay, uh, yes, he was just yes. completely ready to murder. Him. Like put him out of his misery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I want to talk about that too, because that was, it looks like he was doing illusion magic, and that makes sense because all those guards were working for the illusion covenhead, but, like, how could you possibly kill someone with illusions? My mind Wait, blasting died? bad headache. You make no one worse. died, but no one died, but that one guard was, like, ready <clears throat> to kill Hunter. Also, oh, really fast, Gus used a glyph. I was, I was excited to see that. He, he drew yeah. a glyph on the abomination juice. No, I thought that was, uh... I thought that was Hunter. No, it was, uh, they were talking to Hunter, like, the guards were like, no, oh, thought, let's get you back, and then Gus... I thought Hunter, Hunter did it with his foot. I thought that... No, no, no. It no, was Gus, Gus did it, because Gus was trapped uh, off to the side, and then he drew it with his foot while he was all tied up, I think. 
Oh, okay. Well, either way, either way, someone used a fire glyph to yeah, yeah, get them out of there. It was like Gus has like... been hanging around Louvre. I think it makes more sense that he would he would pick up some glyph stuff. Can I point okay. something out that we wouldn't have noticed um, watching? What? But which I knew because of Twitter. Hunter has been reading up on Grimwalkers. Oh, was that in his pile of junk? Was that in his pile of junk? Yes, he has a Grimwalker book in his pile of junk. I, I was like interested in maybe pausing a bunch of times because there was a time when Hunter's like memories flashed on the screen really fast with like part of Gus's illusion business, and I was like, "Oh, are any of these yeah. things we haven't it seen seemed, before?" It seemed like that was just stuff from the previous episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Also interesting that it was his own memories rather than because like um, the Covenhead Gray—that's his name, right? Like he, he was trying to look into. Gus's memories, and then Gus said, "Like, oh, that hurts," which is which is interesting because if that's illusion magic and it hurts, then maybe that's how they could kill someone with it. Oh yeah, because the um, coven head was like, "I don't like these memories." Like, yes, and then later the the he was like on the floor. He was like, "I don't like these memories," and I was thinking, "Is it is he reliving his own traumatic yeah, past, or I think is he being the... harmed by Gus's?" No, memories? I think that was I think the implication. Uh, right, I think I think we were meant to understand that it was his own memories after Hunter yeah. saw his own too, which I thought was really cool. I like uh, I like the idea of like a bubble of like contagious trauma or whatever. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like it was a very interesting idea. Just the whole episode had really cool concepts. I think. Is it interesting that Gus, you know, he's not in any coven, so his magic isn't restricted right now, but he's just really like just naturally a super talented illusionist i guess even to the point where he was is, is unintentionally casting illusions based on his emotions well that's interesting to think about actually like where do you what like... what what, ha- what happened to that episode where like they went to those ruins or whatever didn't he find someone who taught him stuff or no was that like a fake person or something um i remember no, I like an old person that was an yeah illusion. there was like an old guy yeah, yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah, like, he, like, encouraged Gus, and he was like, if you, I don't think he really taught him anything new specifically, I could be remembering wrong, but I think he was more just, like, giving him a couple tips for the specific situation, and then he was like, come back to talk to me anytime you want. Where do you, like, do we have any way to figure out why Gus is, like, turning into Sands at this point? Or, like, is that a complete, like, that's a completely new thing, obviously, but, like, is there any theories as to why... He's going into this like avatar state, or is that just like uh, something well, we have no that, idea about right now? I think the avatar state thing was because uh, he had the coven heads like amplifier thing. Well, I get that. Yeah, I just was, meant he when was, he already like put the entire school under an yeah. illusion. We so saw, he was already well, doing like true, a pretty yes. big job. We saw since and, and he was the, young, he went into this like blue eyed yes. like mode. The, the glowing eyes thing was something he you know he's been repressing for a while now, I guess. Yeah. So that's I'm not like, him. huh? I wonder. I wonder where that comes well, I mean, from. Well, it is to this episode, but like not to him. I guess we have like no information that would like hint at where that came from at this point. I guess it's just like introducing it, but I was just wondering yeah, if yeah, anyone I mean, had... it's just it, it seems to be just like he was just born being really good at illusions, which seems a little bit odd. Yeah, that's me. a bit that's a bit out of nowhere considering we've known Gus for like, you know, I mean, in Gus's defense, two seasons. <laughs> he's had some great illusions over the last yeah. two seasons. He makes, like, yeah, he makes like, clones of himself all the time and murders them. That's true, that's yeah. true, but, like, the, the only hint we got that he was this good is, like, the one where he had, like, you know, all of that, he did the illusion magic to protect the, uh, 
the thing in like one of the first episodes of season two and we were like whoa that's powerful and then he does this yeah and it's like this is an entirely new level like we could have had like if if like I'm, i know gus can't control it like i've already said that this is fueled entirely by teenage anxiety but it's like mob psycho if, if gus could control this then like he psycho. would be unstoppable. even he said that he was like i've never done an illusion of this like uh, scale before or something in the episode when he's talking about the school and now he has the like power amplifying monocle so he's like completely op right now oh my yeah. god and he is and, and they can swap it they can give it to each other that's so, true <laughs> so you can have willow you can give willow the power amplifying thing and she would just kill every single member <laughs> of the emperor's <laughs> watch the next episode just start with someone sitting and they're like what did i sit on and it's broken monocle that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and then some Titan blood out of it, and then they're going to use that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Remember in the episode where Willow was, like, kind of upset with Gus about something, and Gus sent her some tiny illusions of himself, and they were like, I'm sorry, what did I do? What can I possibly do to make it up to you? Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe that was something. Like, his, his illusions unintentionally reveal his emotions. Which was also what was happening in this one. Wait, you think that those weren't like? Yeah, I thought he just sent that as a message, honestly. Like, yeah. But I get what you're saying. I mean, that's what it seemed like at the time, right? But I don't know. Uh, but yeah, standing guts now in season two, which is great. Standing Widow as well. Widow's gains paid off when she lifted a giant bookcase. Yes, yeah. <laughs> she she well, messed yeah, up yeah, her start, arm. Start standing guts like two episodes before the season's over. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, valid. We did the same for Lemon Hope, remember? True, like... but Lemon Hope appeared significantly less than Gus, so... <laughs> you have to put, like, the Unity logo in the Day of Unity episode, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like, on the oh, thumbnail. I, I left... I... I left a joke when they were like all asking Hunter, like, oh, the oh, end yeah, of the episode. Like, like, first of all, the start of the episode, no intro at all. End of the episode, no credits. It is action-packed, like, from beginning to end. No padding whatsoever. Entirely breakneck and brilliant, but not too fast for us to pick on, up on everything and all of the themes they're doing, so I think it was a perfectly paced episode. Um, but the end of the episode where Hunter's, like, being pestered, and, and what what did she say? What did they say? Do you sneeze in your mask? Yeah. And Red yes. 13, Red 13 is like, the people need to know the truth! <laughs> and, and, Hunter, and then Hunter answers, like, you know, the same way Finn answered Hunter, and then it's like, um... No, yes, I think so. <laughs> and then he just tells all the entire school what happened. And I was like, whoa, he, he's really opening up. Like, that is massive, you know, massive trust he's put into Hexide there to tell the entire school what's going on with his personal life and his existential crisis. And I'm like, holy shit, Hunter, well done. Now Hexide is like, this is the army that they're going to need. Yeah to uh, <laughs> stop the emperor and it's like this this school that we've seen so much of is now going to be an army it's so crazy yeah fucking dumbledore's army yeah wow mm. i'm gonna censor every time we mention a harry potter <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah we just we just put like a beep over it like i'm swearing <laughs> it's gonna beep's army what what'd you say <laughs> what <laughs>
<laughs> well, you said fucking Dumbledore's army, so we wouldn't censor the fucking, but we'd just censor the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's even worse. The chant swears now? Uh, yeah. Chant swears now. <laughs> Character development. Also, Chipsy, by the way, I just wanted to, like, I was... I was thinking about the episode you said you liked from the last season. I think that was episode 18 of the last season, because you didn't like the finale. And the finale was not episode 20, because they had the shorts in that one. Oh, you're right! There was no episode 20 last season, so it was episode 18. Oh my god, episode 18 is the good one. (laughs) (laughs) You'll never get enough. This is your last episode 18 of the Owl House. No! No! Episode 18 is always the good one. Do we have an episode 20 this season or just... I think so. I don't think there are any shorts this time, so yeah, we should. Okay, so we have... We have an episode 20, so maybe we'll just have a second high-quality episode 18 as our episode 19. (laughs) Episode 19 could be good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 18, episode 18 again, and then episode 19. (laughs) I think we should... Yeah. Uh, I Do think I, we're done I, here. Unless anyone <laughs> Where we rate it. I don't know, it was a good episode. Yeah, but it's just it's, it's better it, than the last episode. Thanks. So, it's pr- my problem episode. is that like, you know, it doesn't have, you know, it's a lot of just personal stuff. You know, there was there wasn't much. There wasn't lore, but it like, you know, it pushed the story forward. Um it just kind of yeah. wasn't as exciting, you know, like just fighting the guards isn't that, that exciting, but it's not like it's that's bad. It's just compared no, no, no. to other episodes. I, right I like this. I like this one. I'm going to put it on equal footing with the last one. Say nine. Yeah, I give it a nine and a half. It was really good. I'll give it a ten again. Double Ooh. ten. Ooh. Listen, I, I gave the last one a ten. I like this one more. I'm giving it a ten. I don't care. I know that's like the ratings that I give to shows. Just like, <laughs> like spike these two episodes. But if it makes me feel good, if it makes me feel good, I'm going to give it the high school. So there. So there. There we go. Well, Nick's going to give it 8.5. Oh, no. <laughs> Nick, Nick hated it. Nick hated it. Nick is, like, giving it an... an Nick, uh, Nick says... Wait, what was this episode called? Oh, wait. Nick says... Wait, Amity's siblings were in it, though. Hold <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> what was the title of this episode? I don't know, actually. Uh, Labyrinth Runners. Lab- oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was I'll a, give it a, a nine. An illusion was, labyrinth. <laughs> really? The, con- the concept's cool. It, it pushes stuff forward. Um, it's kind of just personal stuff that's missing. Okay, well, now my joke doesn't make sense, but I was going to say, Nick gives labyrinth runners 7.5 out of 10 too much water. <laughs> True. Too many <laughs> too illusions. Water. Too many illusions. Wait, maybe his original score was an illusion. Oh my god, this is crazy. Oh, there you go. Maybe my yeah. current score is an illusion. Oh, god. I just... It's a lot of pressure to make a haiku all the time, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. Everybody expects so much out of me. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, yeah. What rhymes but with anyway. illusion? What rhymes with illusion? Collusion. There is some collusion going on. If I had a trauma bubble and you guys entered it, it would just be from yesterday when I forgot to get ketchup at five guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so excited say, for say my... Say haiku about that. Okay, I will. But first, I have to tell the story. It's very short, very exciting. Okay. I really wanted Cajun fries, and I was like, can't wait to dunk those Cajun fries in ketchup. And then I went and got them, and I didn't get the ketchup. And I got home, and it was just dry Cajun fries. And they were delicious, but there was no ketchup, okay? And I'm not happy. All right, here's my haiku. Where was the ketchup? I needed them for... Wait, 
Oh no. Where was the ketchup? <laughs> I needed it so, so bad. Oh, that was cheating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my fries were so dry. Uh, wait, this is the Owl House podcast. Is that okay? Can I keep that haiku? Yeah, that's a good I've... haiku. I think yeah, so. we're yeah. Allowed to, we can have a one-off haiku for once. Yeah.